You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome to the Level Flight Podcast, consisting of myself, Connor Harabjack, Brian Finlayson, and Elliot Rusenholt. Uh, this is the inaugural episode, very first episode. Glad to be doing this. It's exciting. Very Lots exciting. Lots of fun. Um, we're gonna, just going to do some logistical stuff to start out, you know, introduce ourselves to our audience. Um, I'll go first. Um, I became a Jets fan kind of when they moved back to, to Winnipeg in 2011. Um, my dad's been, been a season ticket holder the whole time. Um, now that has evolved into me writing about the team. Um, I write for the hockey writers about the Jets and the Moose. Um, yeah, so I'm very connected to the team now, probably more than I ever was, and uh, it's a great time to be starting a podcast. Brian. Yeah, um, as Connor said earlier, I'm, I'm Brian. Uh, I uh, I actually I grew up an Ottawa Senators fan because um, I was born in 97, so a year after the Jets left, didn't have anything. Everyone, you know, had to sort of fend for themselves there, and, uh, you know, after the, uh, you know, you know, the Jets had left, and I found the Sens. I also, I, I was a season ticket holder with the Moose, uh, the original rendition up until, uh, you know, 2011. Then a season ticket holder with the the Jets until uh, 2019 and COVID years and everything. But I, uh, you know, I write about the team as well for uh, for fan sided, um, and uh, you know, it, it's a there's a lot to talk about this year. There's a lot of different moving parts, and uh, you know, it's exciting to you know have another avenue to you know expand on that. Yeah, as Connor mentioned, my name's Elliot. Um, played hockey when I was younger, of course. Jets went around when I was born. But, you know, I was watching a, of course, it was a Leafs-Canadians game on TV. Immediately fell in love with hockey and Matt Sundin, so I immediately became a Leafs fan. But uh, when as soon as the team came back, I decided I've always been a homer. Whatever your city you live in, that's the team you cheer for. So 2011, Jets came back. That became my team. And I'm going to give probably a little bit of a different perspective than the other two. They both are writing for the team in some capacity. I'm just a fan. You know, I've always been a fan, lo- love hockey, and I'll probably have – they'll maybe a little bit more conservative with their takes and things that they're going to say. You may get a little bit off the rails from me. You may get something a little outlandish, but it's going to come from a good place. It's just because I, I care about the team and – I've watched them for a really long time. I probably watch almost every single game. I was a season ticket holder, same as Brian for, with the Moose, up until probably about 2010. Um, and then I go to a Jets game whenever I can. Never been the most fortunate, so haven't always been able to go. But whenever it's on TV, I'm always catching, always keeping up. And I keep up with the news. So, And we are the Level Flight Podcast. That is that is the three of us, yeah. just like that. Um, and Elliot, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of offended that you think my, I've got level takes. I, 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 I'm either all in or not at all. Well, you know, I think we're probably each one of us, at least every episode will have at least one take where we'll all go. Whoa. Someone's walking out. Yeah. So, someone will say something. You're going to hear a door <laughs> and it'll, it'll be, it'll be quite funny at the same time, but it'll probably be not the most outlandish of takes, but it'll probably at least be a hot take that will make some sort of sense Mm -hmm. yeah so we are the little fly podcast um we're going to be aiming to be posting weekly covering all things jets moose across the nhl prospects stuff like that um we'd love to hear feedback reviews stuff like that um we're open to really changing any topic 
Um, but Jets is our main thing. Um, if you guys have suggestions for sort of topics or things you want us to discuss, like if there's a specific person, like, you know, we may post on Twitter or on our social media and just say, hey, this person's been playing well. Do you guys want to hear about it? Or, hey, we haven't done this in a while. Do you guys want to hear us talk about this? And we'll run with it if you guys want to hear about it. At Level Flight WPG on all socials. Yeah. yeah got to plug we're, that. Uh, we're, we're, all, we're, we're totally on board now. So, um, yeah, definitely seek us out and, you know, connect with us. And, you know, we'll even look at doing things like specialty episodes. You know, if, if you guys want to, you know, see stuff to do with free agency or the trade deadline, you know, we could get in here for, uh, you know, a second time in a week and just try and, you know, get something out for you guys because, you know, there's a lot going on around then. So it's nice to, you know, cover everything when we can. So, you know, even, you know, mailbags, we just want to, we want to connect with you guys. So, Perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, the three-game road trip uh, started out with a 6-4 win against the Kings, 3-2 overtime win against the Coyotes, and then a 2-1 overtime loss against the Golden Knights, or better known as the Connor Hellebuck game. Um, what stood out to you guys? Um, who stood out to you? And uh, what were your overall thoughts? Brian, let's start with you. Um, my my takeaway was they managed to escape that trip after being pummeled for a lot of, especially like I mean the Vegas game, they were outshot, and it was essentially it was Hellebuck who got us that point. But in uh, L.A., the first period we were outshot like sixteen to five or something. That was egregious. Um, getting out of that road trip with five of six points is unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it should be an eye-opener, considering uh, that was just, uh, there was a lot of terrible things that we saw on that trip. You know, there was, you know, there's there's issues with, you know, getting out of the zone. There's issues with moving the puck, uh, you know, keeping it away from the front of the net. Um which is largely as to why I, I looked at I looked up some stuff before, just to look at how stupid it was in that Vegas game. <laughs> Hellebuck faced six point five three six expected goals against <laughs> in a single game. Um, Egregious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so um, that's not a recipe for winning, especially when the game that we saw from David Riddick in Arizona. I'm not confident that one Hellebuck can, you know, perform at, you know, Dom Hashik levels of, you know, performance for the entire season when we don't have a backup that I trust. Like he's called Big Save Dave, but the the saves are small and not notable. <laughs> Elliot, what about you? I'll touch back on what Brian said. I just it it blows my mind, especially when I played hockey, I was a defenseman. So I'm normally like, you'll probably hear a lot about a lot from me talking about defensemen and just, Oh my word. Sometimes I'm screaming at the TV, just going, <laughs> can we clear the puck out, please? Just it's, it's bad at points where breakouts are just not there. It just doesn't look like, I know they're still under trying to understand the Rick bonus system and you know, we're early in the year, but I really don't want to be yelling at the TV. Can we f- please figure out how to break out the puck in game 35-40, right? That's not a recipe. That that That's like levels of, okay, I'm expected to be in the lottery this season, not, hey, let's try to be a fringe playoff team. Um, Just slow starts. We, we were on the back foot to start every single game. Like, that's not, like what Brian said, it's not a way to win games. Is it great to see that, 
we can win from coming from behind and being on the back foot and scoring against the run of play, sure, because that's going to happen sometimes. But, like, I look back at the Blues game and just go, okay, where did that team go that just took it to the opponent, were aggressive early, and put pucks on net and actually looked clean? I just hope that we can we can see that. Um, again, Connor Hellebuck. Period point and just, that's it. That's, that's the it. end. That's the end of the <laughs> sentence. Well, I mean, I, I put a tweet out at the uh, the end of that game. Uh, I think summing up a lot of how that game went, where it was, Hellebuck deserved the win. The rest of the team didn't. Right. And you guys both brought up zone exits, and it's hard to talk about that without mentioning Billy Hanala. Like Samberg and Stanley have both really struggled with zone ex- exits. I'm not saying the sixth defenseman is really going to make a huge difference, but. When it's that egregious in three straight games, like you said, um, like that's what he's good at. That's what he's good at. And you fix a clear need, and it's like year four, like year three of going on this where they've struggled to break the puck out, and Hanela is just sitting there in the AHL. I don't know. It, it, it reached a new low when they started running Dylan and Schmidt on the second power play unit. Yeah. Um, it's just – And that's you, clearly where a defensive defenseman does not need to be right. on the – I don't – like <laughs> – I know Dylan and Dylan and Schmidt is is not great, but having Schmidt out there is fine. He's okay, but like I associate Brendan Dylan with a penalty killer and a defensive defenseman that's going to keep defenders in front of him, or sorry, offensive players coming at him in front of him and stopping offensive chances. Not, hey, you know, I really like how Brendan Dylan runs a power play. Like he really cycles. Like no, I don't. I don't see that yeah. ever. And I you don't would, say it. You would hope for more out of Pionk as well um, and the, on the zone exit side of things. Um, He's struggling. Yeah, that, that top pairing of Morrissey and Pionk is really up and down. Like They'll have games where their offense just takes over. They generate so much to the point where um, it doesn't matter how much they give up. But there's also points where, like the, the Golden Knights game, you know, there's those hockey stat graphs on the on Twitter, and they just got shelled. They got absolutely shelled in that game. They're really up and down. They'll generate so much offense one game and give up so much the next um, to the point where it's really inconsistent for a top pairing. You'd like to see DeMello up there. Maybe he's, uh, he's found his game again. But, yeah, I don't know. But on the topic of defensemen, let's go to Sandberg v. Stanley. Sandberg has played four games so far. Stanley's played five. What are your guys' initial thoughts on who should be the sixth defenseman? Um, well, firstly, uh, if we're talking winners of those two, the winner's Dylan DeMello because he looks like himself again. Um, but, no, like, he's he is the stabilizing, stabilizing force on that, that pairing. And person, I've been very critical of Logan Stanley. Um, I don't like a lot about his game. But if we're talking about the small sample size to start the season, he has outplayed he's Dylan been Sandberg. He's he, been good. He yeah. hasn't been bad. Yeah. But it's I mean he's getting sheltered. He's playing with a really good defenseman in Demello. Um, I don't think it's great that Demello's being, you know, put aside onto a, a you know a, a third pairing with you know developing young players, because he should be a guy playing big minutes because him and Morrissey are really good together. But, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, just the eye test and the, the giveaways and the underlying numbers, though, they've, they've shown that Stanley's been better to start the year. And I wouldn't have thought that. But to be honest with you, Sandberg has just really struggled. And frankly, I don't know 
if he's the one who should be, you know, the alternate in there. I, for me, it's tough. I same with Brian and these guys will, they'll keep saying it. You you'll hear it from me. I will always never give Stanley a good rap. I look, I went to a bunch of moose games, especially when he was a prospect. I watched him. I thought he was intriguing, but the same issues that he's had are still the same issues that he has now. Sure. Has he developed some things? Yes. But the thing that I always looked for him to improve and was hoping to improve because it was like the really the only thing that I was like, okay, this isn't even at like an AHL level is his foot speed. He's still I get he's six foot seven, but he's still too slow for my for my liking. He's so slow. He's like if you strapped skates to a tree and pushed it down a hill. Yeah, it's just I. I, I will honestly I will say that Stanley's been better, but like again I can't say Sandberg's been good either, right? Like Stanley's been stable enough, but at 24 he's not going to really develop much anymore. Sure, he may develop at least another year, but like he's going to be in his prime in a season or two. So for me, it's like, is he really your sixth defenseman, and is he a long-term option? Stanley's a bottom pairing guy or a middle pairing guy on a bad team. This Jets team, and I will say it now before we talk about it probably later, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're on the fringe. I think they're okay. But Stanley is a bottom pair, bottom or middle pairing defenseman on a bad team. So I either think that we need to make a move or, again, we'll harp on it more. It'll be a common theme <laughs> until, it gets ha- until it happens. I th- Billy at least needs to have the same sample size as Sandberg and Stanley to at least be given a shot. Yeah, I, I promise not to bring up Vili Hanela for every single point, but this is another one where the winner of Sandberg and Stanley is Hanela, <laughs> or Declan yeah. Chisholm for that matter. He's been really good so far for the Moose. Um, both both lefty have. Um, out of those two, though, the last two games that Stanley played were really promising against Toronto and uh, St. Louis before the road trip, and then he was hurt on the road trip, which uh, brought Sandberg back into the lineup, but... Those were really promising. Those are two of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um, if he can keep that up, then I'd give the winner to him. But Sandberg also improved um, game by game. The Vegas game is just a wash. No one looked good except for 37. But um, I think Sandberg is slowly getting better. Um, but for right now, I'd give it to Stanley. Um, we're going to move on now to Kyle Connor. One goal so far this year, and it came on an empty net in the home opener. Nothing or something, Brian. It's it's nothing. I mean, it, he's Kyle Connor. He's he's since he's come into the league, he has consistently put up thirty or more. Uh, last year he had, what forty seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It, it, obviously, it's a little concerning when your supposed top goal scorer is, you know, uh, starting the season on such a drought. But I mean, it's it's not going to be something that persists like you've seen what he can do you've he shot a reasonable uh you know percentage in the last few years where it's not you're not looking at it and going uh oh this guy's you know shooting above his weight class here um but with him once he gets going i have a feeling it'll be fine but he's he's just gonna have to eventually put the puck in the net that's just how it works yeah it's what he's supposed to do right he he's a goal scorer you need him to score but I mean, I don't think it's – as much as I'm a slightly concerned as we're, like, getting closer to 10 games in and 50, right? Like, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, like, 
at, at least one's got to go in. It, it's like a shooter in basketball. Guy might be might not be shooting well, but once you see one goes in, then mm. like a Steph Curry, he yeah. may go two for he may be two for eleven in the fourth quarter, but then you look at the stats and go, okay, how is he six for seventeen by the end of the game? Because one drop that probably shouldn't have, and then it gets you going. So I'm waiting for him to just have a weird pucks bouncing in front of the net, just kind of whacks at it and it goes in, and that kind of gets him going. I still think he gets to thirty this year, but. Yeah, he's not on pace for a 40 or anything crazy. There is somebody else on the team that I think might go for 40, but it's not Kyle Connor this year. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say that it's nothing, but, like, you look at the goals, um, like, expected goals and all that stuff. He's, way, he's, like, bottom of the league in goals above expected with, like, he's supposed to have, like, five by now with the chances he's generating, right? Um so I'd like to say that it's nothing, but at the same time, it's like, at what point are, is he going to beat a goaltender? You know, like, this one goal came in an empty net, um, so he has zero goals when a goal is actually in the net so far. Um, I don't know. He's just, he's generating the chances, and it's going to turn around because he's one of the best finishers in the league, but... It, when? Yeah, when like when is that gonna happen? Especially with Ehlers out, it's even more like important more right apparent. now because well, you're losing all that scoring, and if Kyle Connor's not scoring either, like those those are your top two wingers that just aren't scoring goals. If Connor's not scoring at an elite level, the Jets don't even sniff a playoff yeah. berth. Another thing is last year, um, I I remember reading a stat where he scored 47 goals, but like 35 of them came in a different game. So it was like he was scoring one a game, like for half the season, and then he, he was scoring two here and there. If that keeps like, say he reverts to normal Kyle Connor starting uh, Thursday against Montreal, and like he's only scoring then one goal, um, like the goals don't really come in bunches. He'll score like one a game. He won't really score like a hat trick or like Line a when he scored like eighteen goals in that one month in November. Like Kyle Connor just doesn't do that. He scores like seven every month he's like a consistent scorer not a bunches scorer which is why it's concerning because he's not hitting 47 because he can't score in bunches like that but i don't think 40s out of the question i don't know like he's got to start producing at some point i, th I think 30 32 is probably where we're at at this point in i'd the say year. that's a little low even though even though he only like but but like know. you said he's consistent and that's yeah. why he's so important to this team yeah he he's he's a consistent. They put him back guy. with Dubois last game. Um, they flipped Shifley and Dubois. Now it's Connor Dubois Wheeler, if I'm not mistaken. I think they or they switched Appleton it back. now. I think they switched it back again. Oh, they did. Yeah, okay. I saw uh, there was a yeah. tweet just before we started here. Line rushes were back to what oh, they, they were flipped before. It back. They, they flipped okay, it. Yeah, bonus is back on the ice, so I think oh, he, he actually wants to see it up close. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. He's got to start scoring at some point. I have faith that he will, just not in bunches. Now, my question now is, as a short little extra point, is this has to do with him not scoring, but is it also having to do with team scheming around him? I don't and that's think why so. Shifley's so open Maybe. and getting scoring chances because they've just decided that, well, if we can keep Kyle Connor off the score sheet, we should win games. The only thing is the last year they would have done that too. He had put up over 30 the year before. Yeah, that That is true. But some teams can't figure out schemes for certain teams until a light bulb goes off, right? And that yeah. happens with any sport. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kyle Connor's shooting percentage right now is like 3%. So, 
So that's gonna that's gonna go back up. I wrote about that the other day. Three point three percent. Like he's one of the best shooters in the league. That's yeah. not gonna stay that low. Um, all right. Last topic. Since we're kind of on a time constraint here, buying or selling team starts around the NHL. Let's start with the number one team in the league, the Boston Bruins, who just got back Brad Marchand, expected to get McAvoy back in two months. What do you think, Elliot, about the Boston Bruins start? I think they're they're hot. They're they're the Bruins that we've known for. It's the same core. It's not. It's nothing new. They've all. They this core has always been good. Right, so uh, yes, is this start probably a little start a little bit hotter than we probably expected? Yeah, but I mean, if, if you're a contending team, there's always going to be a selling team to give you something. I think that they probably should be more of a like. I think they maybe want to if they want to add an extra depth piece, piece, they could. But they're they're looking like one of the better teams in the league this year in that Atlantic Division. Um, I'm gonna make this quick because I don't have a lot to say on them because i just think they're a really good team we can do these rapid fire i don't mind that hey yeah <laughs> rapid fire is good because it makes us you know think quickly which yeah more honesty so you're buying it uh you're, they're buying and i'm gonna put this out here uh jim montgomery jack adams wow Whew. i like it yeah if they win the president's trophy i don't see why not um i'm gonna agree with what you said especially um Krejci coming back was huge for them. If they add yet another like forward top six piece, look out because their defense is already one of the best in the league. Uh, Golden Knights, first in the Pacific, if I'm not mistaken, eight and two. What do you guys buying or selling? Um, well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say buying, but with no money. Um, <laughs> just and like Vegas. Also, they just it no feels money. like they constantly feel the need to improve, even when they're probably not as good as they're performing. I don't like their goaltending. Like Logan Thompson's been, he's been good. So he's been far, good, yeah. but I don't trust a trio of Logan Thompson, Aiden Hill, and Laurent Brossois. Like that's just not that's not an NHL trio that has succeeded in the long term. Brossois a backup. That's about it. <laughs> I think they're all they're all three of them have acted as backups, and it's I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they're buying, but I don't know if they're going anywhere. Um, I will say buying, but. Really, like Brian said, I think they probably need, I I kind of have here that they probably need to add like at least a piece or two. Like unlike the Bruins, where they could probably leave it and be fine and add a depth piece if they want, I think they need to like I think the Golden Knights actually need to add somebody significant from one of the bottom feeders. I personally am selling. I still think they're the third best team in that division. I like Calgary and Edmonton more than them. Um, I think they've had a great start. I don't think they have the depth to keep it up, and the goaltending is also Logan Tops have been great, but still concerning. I think I know what our answer is going to be for this next one, but the Toronto Maple Leafs buying or selling their horrid start. I I think they're going to be buying because yeah. I think that they are go- at some point. That's the thing. It's a horrid start, and I'm putting that for in. Them. Uh, for them. Like not yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah, uh, yeah for, the, for the listeners. Uh, I put that in a hard air quote. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, I think they're going to end up buying because the they're they're 500 right now. They've had a really rough go on the West Coast. Um, I think they're going to turn it around at some point, but I think there's certain pieces that need to be improved upon. Um, but yeah, they're I th- they're buying if they can figure it out. If not, that entire team is going to melt down into oblivion. Yeah. Here's how I see it. Dubis is buying. I would say selling. Fair enough. Dubis, yeah. he's going to buy because he has bought into this core, and so he will make the moves necessary to figure it out. 
Austin Matthews has not had a great start, which is probably half the reason why they haven't been as good. But for me, I think if they're still struggling like this at the deadline or close to the deadline, I think it's time to just kill the core and just get it over with now. I agree with you, too. I think they'll be buying because Dubas and Keefe's, their, their job's on the line. Um, so they're going to try and make a move to save it. If they have another bad year, they're done. So they're, yeah. they're going to try their hardest to save hot it. Hot take. Well, it may not even be that much of a hot take. Dubas and Keefe both get fired this year if they don't. If they either are don't get far and don't make a playoff run or don't make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think Eastern I think Conference Finals, I think, has to be the aim for them to not get fired. Yeah. I, I think if they, if they continue, like, continue stumbling here, I think Keefe is the first casualty and i think they listen I, I, my my thought is they've at least considered calling the man the myth himself barry trotz oh yeah. yeah that would be that would be something um all right we've got a few more teams here we'll just do rapid fire one sentence blue jackets three and seven last in the metro uh buying or selling their slow start selling but i don't know who they're selling they don't have many good players who are willing to be sold okay <laughs> selling but probably they may do a little bit of buying to maybe see if they can get back into the metro yeah i i don't know they even with goodrow they're not that good i'm selling um devils they are second in the metro six and three 12 points uh, i don't like a lot about their team including their goaltending yeah. but i think they're gonna keep it up for at least do for a little i think they buy lightly can't buy lightly. I think they're going to sell hard. I think in the next month and a half, we're going to see a hard drop-off. They tail I, off and then they sell. I, I, I think that they will not make the playoffs, and they're going to be probably fifth or sixth. I'm going to agree with you. I think this is a hot start, but eventually they'll they'll tail off and they'll start selling. Uh, the Wild, they've kind of turned it around a little bit, but their goaltending still kind of a concern. What do you think? Uh, I, th I think they're going to improve. They're going to buy. Uh, Flurry will get better. I'm going to buy. I, I've always been a fan of the Wild. Yeah. I think that their core is good. The Blues started out 3-0, have lost five straight, 3-5, second last in the Central. Uh, I looked at that roster. I think they're too good to keep falling. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to buy. Yeah. I think they come back from a that big losing streak, but I still think that they're not going to climb enough in the Central. I think they miss the playoffs. So I agree. Um, if they're out of it by the deadline, I could see them selling. Um, and that is that. That is the inaugural episode of yeah. Level Flight. Um, and I mean, just for the record, future episodes are probably gonna, you know, be closer to thirty to forty-five minutes. We yeah. just wanted to, you know, give this thing a go and try it out for, you know, twenty twenty-five and see what you guys think. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're gonna try and make this a weekly thing. So we hope to be talking, you know, to everyone shortly. And we're excited, super excited. I can't wait. All right, thank you for listening. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Is that what you're supposed to say on a podcast? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> make make sure you share. Make sure you uh, you know you know tell everyone to listen to us. We want to make, make friends. We want to make yeah. Sure. Make sure that you're up to date and keeping up with all of our episodes. And yeah, once a week. Yeah, yeah look we'll, out for uh, us. Yeah, we'll see you around. All right, see ya. This is the Level Flight Podcast.